Hello and welcome to Balkan Talks. I'm Margarida and today we'll have here Ines and Silva. Hello Ines. Hello. <laughs> All good. All good. Thank you for having me. Sure. Today me and Ines will talk about diversity and inclusion. So first let me introduce you uh, to Ines. So Ines, she is a strong diversity and inclusion inclusion advocate, serving as a co-founder and chief activist at Portuguese Women in Tech, a community that is focused on increasing the number of women in technology and supporting those already in the industry. She is also the founder of uh, Woman.Business, um, that is an enterprise um, that works to create more corporate um, opportunities for women-owned businesses. And through our efforts, Ines is breaking down barriers and creating opportunities for underrepresented groups in the tech industry and entrepreneurship. For the B-side, Ines loves to read and enjoy deep intellectual conversations. That's right, Ines? Yes, that's 100% correct. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, just a quick context. So, why did we choose to talk about diversity and inclusion and also on a management podcast? Because, as we know, management and leadership, they have a specially important role um, on gatekeeping what is a diverse and inclusive work environment. And especially when we are talking about uh, things like race or gender or age, etc. So, first of all, Ines, thank you for being here. Um, I would ask you to tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, what is the Portuguese woman in tech? and why there is a need to have activists on these topics such as diversity and inclusion. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, when I was still in college, um, I, I started going to especially like tech entrepreneurship events. Uh, this was like 2009, 10, 11. And I, I was going to this like event of Porto by like other organizations around uh, the university back then. and. Very common, commonly, I was the only woman in the room, and that didn't felt right. I was like, like I, I didn't know what was happening, but I, I knew that something, like should, like that that should not be happening. So I started like looking around. I was very lucky because I found this organization that was like also starting a, starting up um, called uh, Geek Gold Dinners. Um, I met Vanny Gonçalves and. Um, attending their events, um, being very active in the community. I ended up like going uh, to the London Girl Geek Dinner fifth anniversary, like I think in 2011. Mm -hmm. Then I, I moved to Zurich and I, I and I, I started the Zurich Girl Geek Dinners because I wanted to be in room there were like more women, more women talking about technology, uh, more women involving involved in building the future. Um, and yeah, and that's basically how I, I end up like get it started in the women in tech. Um, and it, because it was like very early on. And then mm -hmm. in 2016, uh, together with Liliana Castro, we looked at the uh, Portuguese tech and entrepreneurship scene and we still didn't uh, were not seeing that many women. Um, so we decided to basically create an, a, a different organization focused on providing visibility and opportunities for, for women that were already working technology, but also making sure that we're attracting a new generation of women in tech uh, to the field. 
um, yeah, and basically in the, be- in the beginning we had like very humble beginnings where uh, it was just like a few events, uh, do- doing a few initiatives here and there, but then we realized that we wanted to do more and, and since then we have been doing like award ceremonies, we have mentorship programs, hackathons, workshop series, book clubs, uh, we have done or- um, a lot of different initiatives to- with schools, um, and to make sure that we show kids uh, that maybe uh, technology might be for them. Um, we also like worked with uh, teachers and, and parents. So we have done a lot of different initiatives to really make sure that this, this is a, a topic that people discuss, understand why it's important, and, um, and we can basically do something about it. So yeah, basically it started in 2009, 10, when I looked around and I saw, I didn't see that many women. And then in 2016, we started Portuguese Women in Tech. And since then, we have been very active, actively contributing to a more diverse and inclusive tech community in Portugal. Yes, and I can already also share that um, I have met you, I, I believe, two years ago. And I can confirm, so you helped a lot of young women, especially transitioning to the workplace or, uh, well, to the market, work market. Um, and I think it's especially uh, important work that you do that not many people, they know it's important to, to do the work, but then we also have to put in the effort, right? And you do that very well. So uh, thank you, Ines, for that. Thank you. Thank you for those words. Yeah, we try to, yeah, I think like the mentorship program is definitely one of the most successful ones that we have. Um, and I think it really makes a difference that when you are about to join the works, uh, workplace, um, you have someone a little bit older than you, more experienced, that can guide you through that process. And I think that like, I wish I had uh, that someone that would help me when I start working. Yeah. I think I would probably avoid I would avoid many mistakes. Uh, so being able to do that through our mentorship program uh, is, is really amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned something that is uh, we sometimes feel and uh, are the only women in the room. And sometimes we are also the youngest in the room, aside from being the only women there. Um, so for this energy, this is our feeling. I know a lot of people feel the same um, and it's not always easy. But can you uh, help us providing some insights, some numbers that you have around the inequity that we have on gender distribution, especially in the tech scene, and also especially in the management roles, if you have that data? Yeah, sure. I think so. Basically, uh, the, the numbers that we have is like, uh, I think probably we are around like the 15% of the, profession, uh, the IT professionals in Portugal are women. So 15% is a very low number, it's below the European average. Um, and and it really shows that still a long way to go before uh, we'd actually uh, get to even numbers, I would say. Uh, something also important to know is like, percentage-wise, there, there used to be more women working technology than we have now. And I think that's something that people most, most, of, most people are not aware, is that in the 80s, we had more women studying technology and we had more women working, uh, percentage-wise, in technology. Mm-hmm. So since then, um, I think like, now, recently, the numbers have been increasing, especially what we are seeing is that a lot of women that have gone through some kind of like, some, sometimes like other kind of bachelors, that some, some women that spend like years in other careers, they are now transitioning to, to, to tech. So I'm, I'm confident that in the next few um, years, we are going to see more women uh, in, in tech. But right now, that's the reality that we have. 
I also know, like when I talk with the, uh, the, like professors from universities, that they don't see a big increase in the number of women studying technology as much as we would like. So I think like the number that they have is like 12% of the students in IT are women. So it's very, very low. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the, uh, the big numbers. In terms of management, um, I don't have exact numbers or like the percentage, but I know that's, that, that's, that's also um, very, very low. Um, I think like a lot of the times, unfortunately, I say this based on some of the conversations that I'm having with women in technology about to enter the job market or that have been around for, for, for long, longer, uh, that sometimes women are not taken seriously in the, in the workspace and then it's hard for, 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 for us to actually get to uh, positions of like management for management roles um, in tech. So I think like this is something that we need to be aware is not about the numbers, but also making sure like that uh, women feel inclu included, uh, feel that they are they belong to the to the space, uh, and I think there's a, there's still a lot of of work to do uh, in there. Yes, absolutely. So um, in my view on that, I think the the women, at least the ones that I know in my circle, they have to work sometimes twice or uh, even more to do or to reach the same position that a man would naturally go to. So this is unfortunately still uh, the scene that we have uh, in the workspace and especially here in Portugal and you mentioned that we are below the European average. Uh, why would you say our country is so uh, well uh, not uh, on the same uh, space that the others uh, within Europe? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know exactly the answer. Um, what I do know is like when I go, when I go to uh, schools um, and I talk with eighth graders, for example, um, what I see is that for the boys, technology is about gaming. So they feel like that, like well, that they they are going to study technology because like they want to play games, or mm -hmm. or some of them want to build games. And um, but for the girls, like the reaction is very weird and it's weird because like they say like oh no it's not for me no I'm, I'm not interested no I don't want and it's a little bit uh, strange for me because like technology is around everywhere right uh, for, for for the longest time we have been conditioned to believe that technology is not for girls um, and and of course like worldwide there's like a lot of studies that show exactly that that um, some a lot of the times they say like oh that's not for you um, that's uh, that's for boys or you tell them that's for girls um, yeah. so I think like I don't Portugal specifically I think in general I think unconscious bias plays a huge role here and from from a we are telling girls that technology is not for them, even though girls in, on average are better at math, for example, science. We tell mm -hmm. them like, that, that math, like we tell them like that girls don't like math, for example, even though Portugal, for example, is a country in the receiving countries that has, has more women studying STEM. Actually, it's more than 50% of, of the mm -hmm. students studying STEM in Portugal are women. But women just study like more science and math and less technology. Um, so there's like, I think like definitely unconscious bias play, plays a huge role everywhere. And then that's, in the end, that's the numbers that we see. Yeah. I also think that maybe so we have been um, under a dictatorship for, well, 
50 years from now that we have uh, the, re- had the revolution and are now a republic. But before that, we had, well, uh, a regimen that was not that open. So maybe also socially wide, culturally wide, we are not uh, maybe as evolved as other countries, Eu- uh, Europe and uh, comparing to the rest of the world. Uh, yeah, so maybe that is also a factor. I'm not sure, like, I think that the dictatorship that we had definitely had a big impact on a lot of things. Um, and also in terms of like our access to education, for example, women's access to education for a lo- the longest time, like women able to uh, go much, a lot, a lot further in the uh, in the in school. We have been out of a dictatorship for 50 years, as you mentioned. So, and in in those 50 years, there was a time where we had more women, uh, percentage-wise. Um, working technology, there is a time that we, like, much less women decided to join area, and now the numbers have been slightly increasing for the past, like, maybe like 10 years, um, even though they are still not great. So I think it's hard to say, like, exactly, um, but for sure, I think, like, as I was mentioned, like, unconscious bias play, plays a, a huge role. We say to kids from the, the day they are born really influences them um, and what they do. So, like that's that's as a, a important um yeah an important point a to, factor. to, to, to yeah. think about and as you also mentioned stem so can you just explain quickly for the audience uh, what that means so maybe some people don't know it's like the the the, the, the like the, what what we called science technology engineering and math um it's uh, stem means science technology engineering and math and it's like an area there basically where it's organized around basically it's organized on on those areas oh, yeah areas yeah science technology engineering math and um, it's a way of saying that a lot of the time we say like ah oh, women don't like stem for example or i've not studied stem uh, which which is not true at least for portugal um because stem has science where we have a lot of women we are seeing a, an increased number of like women scientists um, there's like math where there's also a lot of women. What we, we engineering that's where we don't see as many women. Even though, for example, engineering courses like chemistry and uh, biomedical, where we have we we do see a lot of women. So mm-hmm. I think like that's the uh, that and to give you a little bit more of a perspective of um, yeah how the hell like the dis- distribution of women in those areas. Okay. Yep. Um, another question is around uh, your opinion. So, if you could share um, on gender or age or race, uh, but the quotas, the quotas that uh, the, the companies, the organizations have to to have, especially in the management um, roles. So, what's your opinion on the on the quotas? Um, should they exist or not? And especially on the management and leadership team. Yeah. So basically, uh, quotas in Portugal, at least, only. Ex- um, for board, basically board, board members uh, or board membership in very big companies, and uh, so that's where in, in in business, right? So there's in politics, for example, where if you apply to, you have a, a group of people applying to be um, to 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 for the to be for the government. They have like have I think it's like 33 percent or 40 percent. 
have to be from one one of the genders and 60% of the other. So I think like for me, and I, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, in favor of quotas everywhere. I'm, I'm I do I'm in favor of quotas in board membership and uh, some uh, the bigger like middle to big things. And the reason is because like we need examples of women in those uh, in those positions. What I've seen so far, like when women, when more diverse companies, their results make more money, more creative, um, and so it's good business to have a diverse, uh, a diverse company and especially a diverse um, leadership. Uh, so and also like a lot of people say like ah, uh, quote well. Uh, like will uh, promote women that are not as competent, but that's and um, what, what's happening. Like we are, we are forced to look for competency in the in women, and usually that that what what happens. Um, I know a few women that publicly said that I was picked for this position because of a quota, but they are brilliant and they are smart women that have been like with amazing careers. Probably because like structure, they would be overlooked if it if it was not for the quota. So I think like we have to one um, understand like like no one likes to be in a position because of a quota, but yes, and the impact that can have I think that can be very positive. It's positive that we see more women in leadership. It's positive that companies with more diverse leadership are better. To make more money and they they are more creative um, and so I think that's also of course positive. That's basically my opinion. I think like uh, quotas. I don't I don't agree with quotas on the entry level jobs. I agree with quotas level um, because I think that can have a multiplying effect um, across the companies and the, the ecosystem. Yes. Yeah. Well. I, I would say I would agree with you. However, I would say on the hiring processes, sometimes on some companies, there are cases of also, well, the quotas do not exist, but sometimes I would say they are needed. And I think for the, the companies, as you mentioned, that are listed on the stock exchange, there are some uh, mandatory quotas, for example, for people with disabilities or I don't, I'm not sure about the gender or the race, but for disability, I know it exists. And I see it as a good uh, thing to exist because, well, usually uh, if we don't have like, a, well, a fully um, HR team or hiring team that is prepared to hire these kind of profiles, probably they won't hire them. So I think it's, I see it as a good, um, well, well, norm or practice to have until we reach that level of, of the society that we no longer look, look at, uh, well, gender or age or race uh, because we are prepared to have that full stack of profiles um, within any organization um, there is another question for you regarding this uh, the, the quotas because the quotas exist because we see inequity mm -hmm. and would you say that if we have salary transparency uh, would it help to mitigate the inequities that's a good question i think like when we have talk about inequality in companies, for example, there, there are several layers, right? So on one hand, we have, as you were mentioned, like sometimes higher. We all have unconscious bias. No one in the world doesn't have them. So when we are hard, 
comfortable. We um, sometimes we look for things, and sometimes a lot of the times has to do with like we look for people that are like like us. We look for people that come from the same school. We look for people that uh, like the same things that we like, and we look for people that the same gender that we are. Even though uh, in case of women, also because of like a lot of unconscious bias, like people have unconscious bias related to other women. And I, 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 was, I was just reading a book uh, the other day that showed that even women with careers sometimes see women with careers and ambition as something bad uh, and not something as, um, as positive as when they see men with a, uh, a nice career and, and ambition. So mm-hmm. I think like on, on that side, like as I was mentioning, like there is like inequality in the high, in the in promoting and um, issue that we we are really a meritocracy. A lot of the times, what people say is like, in our company, we are a meritocracy. The problem is like a, a lot of the times, companies are more meritocracies where like they are they hire people that look like a, or they promote people that look like us, not necessarily meritocracies where we actually promote the best. Uh, and, but also there's like, uh, as you were mentioning, like salary, uh, 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 the, the salary gap, um, or uh, and, and that's another thing, right? I think salary transparency can help with the with the uh, the, 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 diff- the gap, the economic gap between men or women in terms of salary in, inside companies. Uh, I think it can help women become more confident when um, when uh, salary. Um, and that's, for example, one of the reasons why at Portuguese Women in Tech we have an initiative called Salary Transparency Projects, where we, we have a lot of information on salaries, um, not with the name of the companies, but showing um, the, basically with in your city, in your your um, in your job role, in your um, with your experience, um, how much money people are making information that can help be helpful when you are negotiating a salary inside your or, or your company and a lot of times women do um, in that process so I do believe that salary transparency yeah I think is important um, and I think that can be helpful um, to uh, to women eliminate the the salary gap uh, or the, the gender pay gap that exists um, uh, that might I think also companies there's other ways of eliminating the gender pay gap. One of them is like maybe make it audit, look at the salaries, look at the people, and try to understand like if really you are paying um, you are paying the same or not. And by the same, I mean in the same level, the same responsibility, the same job role, um, the same experience. Are you are you being fair? Um, I saw an example of a company that there's like a lot of information around Salesforce where. The, they did this audit and they realized that uh, they were not being there was a, sal- a, a, a salary gap in the company and then they corrected it so they didn't mm-hmm. need to go and have salary transparency they just like were proactive analyze the data and then correct the the mistakes that uh, that existed and I think that's a, also a good way of doing things mm-hmm. yeah that's a great example um, yeah, my next question would be around this. So, what uh, can we do to fight against non-diverse organizations? So, you mentioned the, the audits that we can do to, to salaries. Uh, what else can be done? Yeah, I think like it's to uh, say so like so diversity. When, when I think important thing is like diversity is 
but um, and the, uh, correcting the numbers some is the, I'm like I don't understand I don't believe that in the next five years we'll reaching 50 percent of uh, um, um, of women in tech uh, companies because we don't have women to be hired to really to get um, to 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 get to there so I think like it's important definitely diversity is important topic and it's definitely something that companies need to work on from their recruitment um, uh, from recruitment to uh, promoting to leadership just making sure that they, they, they have that in mind and they understand unconscious they are trained to recognize that unconscious bias and make sure that they act on it. So that's one thing. But I also think that's super, super important. Companies become, um, they start uh, actually paying more attention to the inclusion and the belonging side because, like, the number, if you can say, like, oh, right now we have 30% um, of people working here are women, um, and so we, we go uh, like, to a good place. But then after a while, you start seeing with like women leaving because they don't feel comfortable, because because something something's not right. So you really need to make sure that you focus on inclusion and belonging. And there is like this great quote that is like, diversity is about being invited to the party. Um, inclusion is being invited to dance. Belonging is like dancing. There's like there's like uh, there's no tomorrow. And I really like this. Feel like. We need to work on making everyone comfortable, making aware of their unconscious bias and work on them and making sure that women don't leave the workspace because that still happens uh, because somehow they don't feel valued, they don't feel comfortable and, and um, yeah, things are not as they, uh, as they wish they were. Um, so I think that that's also something important to, to, to work on. Um, I don't think that it's, I think, I think for what I'm seeing, uh, most companies, and I have the, the pleasure to work with a lot of companies that are really making a big effort to become more diverse, more inclusive, um, and with a bigger sense of belonging. Um, I think this is a long way. This is not something that can get done in one one or six time. Is its culture uh, also requires a very big alignment with leadership. Uh, I, I, like this is not another like ah oh, let's like. Uh, project where in the end will be diverse or inclusive this is something that needs to be worked on every day um, it's, it needs to be valued there should be like very clear directives from the leadership team because like uh, something that uh, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day where we were talking about like diversity gets you s- 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 somewhere and it's super important but if you really want to get the benefits of in um, in your organization, you have to increase the level of trust, and that only happens where you have a workplace that is inclusive and that's uh, where people feel a, a strong sense of belonging. That's when you actually get the benefits of uh, of the of the diversity, where people become more creative, and 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 the organization as a whole works best. And um, so I think it's very important to. To think, I think things like this, but I think uh, this will get us where we want to go. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, I, I like that comparison that you made, uh, and also I can resonate. So you mentioned the belonging, 
the belonging. We know a lot of companies they have that boys club culture still, and sometimes it's not even a boys club. So it's some kind of club uh, that sometimes uh, people, not everyone, is invited, especially on leadership circles. Uh, so this is something that um, eventually the people you mentioned they, they leave or they simply don't uh, fit within that uh, that uh, culture of that specific organization and that is undermining well then the performance and the, the results that the company has so it has a big big impact um, I was also mentioning that um, on leadership positions and especially if we are uh, women what can we do to to fight um, I'm quoting here fight so against the, the non-diverse organization. So you mentioned this takes years uh, and sometimes we need to change the culture and start by the foundation. So, for example, if we are managing a team, uh, what would you advise us to do? There are things that are a little bit more strategic, I would call. Uh, I'm going to focus more on the like actions that you can do every day to, um, mm-hmm. uh, to, to basically to focus on that. For example, there are, there's a lot of uh, studies that show that, for example, in meetings, a lot of the times are, are not heard. Uh, uh, sometimes they are overlooked, overlooked and, uh, and not paid attention. And there was this interesting example that I read about where, I think it was in the Obama administration, I think 30% of the people working there and then they decided to uh, start working uh, and they felt so they decided to start working together so when someone would like a woman would tell a point the other force that point to make sure that it was heard like this difficult to do uh, are very frustrating to do as a woman uh, but i think the, these things like this can definitely um can definitely work so uh, if you are in a meeting make sure that you affirm whatever uh, a female colleague no matter if you are a, a woman or a man um, and i think that men can play a huge role here in really helping uh, women to feel heard um, in, in meetings and uh, make make sure um, women speak up a lot of the times we, we don't speak up because um, we are not asked uh, we don't feel comfortable, uh, so make sure that if you want to make a decision, ask everyone for their opinion. Um, and so I think that's super, um, uh, it's a, a, a super way of, of, a super important way of doing it. Um, are, like, if you are hiring, like if you are hiring people, make sure that you are aware of the uh, of your own bias. A very common one is that men are hired based on their uh, potential, women are hired based on their experience which makes a huge difference, of course, in your decision to hire. Um, another way, so is like when you have, if you have three uh, CVs that are more or less the same, uh, one woman, it's very rare that a woman will get, will ha- get hired. So to increase the chance of like being fair, just get two of, a man, of men and two CVs of women, because then the comparison is actually much easier to do. So these are like small things that can be done um, and, and I, that can make a, a huge difference. I think like, something that I realized is like uh, a few years ago, I had the chance to work with a woman uh, as a boss for the first time. And, um, and it was very interesting to see like the different approach um, and how, like, how women can be more like educational, uh, more 
and 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 everyone is very interesting because like I saw like a study that when you ask uh, like people in the company like if if a, a woman is can be a good leader usually people say like say yes uh, because you, w- women have a few characteristics that make make them very good leaders trust that value that and sometimes we we, we do forget that so these are like just all things that can we can support each other as women and men also can can be very strong allies to make sure that women are heard and uh, and support uh, in their uh, in their work uh, in companies yes that's brilliant thanks Inish um, I would also add just a little detail that is well I think uh, at least from my experience women in leadership position uh, sometimes are chosen because there is the idea that women are more people uh, related so are easier to read people are well um, well I would say the emotional intelligence is a little bit higher than men so this is the idea that the the company sometimes have and that's not always the case so I don't like the, the, the terms of soft skills or hard skills but sometimes the technical skills uh, that is the idea that within men it's a higher level of hard uh, coding skills and within the women well they are more people related they can take care of the people and this is not uh, the case so it's more like um, well I would say a personality trait than uh, a gender issue uh, so sometimes women don't have that people skills and that's okay or uh, they have well a lot of art skills or technical training um, that will enable them to be very good at their job so this is not a linear thing uh, and it's regardless of the gender yeah it's very interesting that you said it i, I was like reading the other day uh, uh, like a story of a, a woman that was saying, uh, basically she was saying that she was a very good student growing up um, and um, so she had very high grades and everyone would complain her by how hard she worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she said, like, I never worked that hard. I was just like, I, I would just like read, like in the eve of the of the exam, I would just like read uh, like something about the, uh, the subject. And the next day I would have eight grades. And she said, like, my on the other hand, their, her men uh, colleagues, um, she said, like, if they were, if they have good grades, they would always uh, uh, basically tell, uh, uh, compliment them on how smart they were. So it's very interesting to see, like how even like this. This is a small thing, right? So, um, like yes. the way we for the same thing is actually very different, as well as like the way we see or perceive behavior, men or, and women are is very different. I think you are absolutely right. Where a lot of to say like, oh, women have uh, better soft skills. I think some women do, uh, as like, are great with soft skills. But I also know a lot of women that are awesome with hard skills, very technical, and men that are also very good with with uh, with uh, hard skills, also very technical. Like there's, I think sometimes we have this, uh, again, this stereotype, this bias, um, in terms of like what one gender and the other gender does, and uh, but we but was uh, 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 well, saying it's like is a stereotype, not really the reality of that person. Might be, but doesn't necessarily has to. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, lastly, is about Portuguese women in tech. 
how can we support and we well everyone so regardless gender age etc uh, everyone can contribute how can we do that yeah i think uh, like just make sure that you join uh, our internal platform and our uh, initiative so the mentorship program is just like uh, is starting uh, soon so that's uh, that's already underway but we definitely are going to do uh, it again uh, we have the portuguese women tech awards happening in the second semester of this year we have we are we, we are thinking about doing one or two other trips that i think would be very interesting uh for, for women mainly um but also like with men i it's uh, it's super important that more men are in the awards that we organize these events that we organize because I think this is not a women issue or a women problem. It's everyone's problem. Uh, mm -hmm. we, everyone benefits with more women in technology. Uh, even the other day, McKinsey said that yeah. if we double the amount of women in technology, Europe would make up to um, euros more uh, in GDP. Um, so that's very, very, very good. I was mentioning companies that diverse. Um, are, uh, and especially diverse in, the, in their business, also are more money, are more creative, um, more diligent. And this is a Harvard Business Review, uh, Review study. Um, and of course, like if we, women get to to uh, to work more in technology, because this is a, a of so much potential of creation, then we'll reduce uh, the gender pay gap. So this is I uh, and this is important for everyone, and we definitely need more men as allies participating in the different activities and advocating for in their families, in the workspace, friends. So yeah, I think everyone can somehow contribute to to the to attract more women to technology. In terms of Portuguese women in tech, it's like initiatives, and if you have any ideas, just email us. Yes, I will link then on the podcast details the um, well your page and maybe your Instagram so everyone can access if they want to. Um, now it's up to you on the reading suggestion, Ines. What do you have for us today? I'm a big uh, reader, so I love to read, especially books. And I just finished, actually, just finished a book called The Authority Gap Why Women Are Still Taken Less Seriously and, and What We Can Do About It. Uh, so this is a, 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 um, a book focused on authority and how uh, all the time, the times men and women with exactly the same background are perceived very different in terms of authority. Uh, how men and women, depending on are also perceived very differently and, and what can be done. Uh, the book has a lot of anecdotes and a lot of like stories and studies on how this is a reality and then last is a very strong one on what we can do as individuals, um, colleagues, as employers, and uh, government, for example. So this is a very, very good read. Okay, yeah, that one I didn't read, so I will do so. <laughs> um, and now for the Portuguese words, so we have um, also people that were asking, and we can then share the analytics again, but where uh, are the listenings that are not within Portugal? So the majority of people that are not within Portugal or Brazil are listening to us via um, the United States and Germany. Uh, so as usual, uh, guest choice, what is the word that you have for us today? Yeah, so basically I decided to bring the word Jensen. 
Um, it means belonging in Portugal. The the mm. meaning is not. So I think belonging as an English word has a little bit is stronger. Um, this is our version, and uh, yeah, I think it's important that it's a word that people uh, we, we actually talk more when we are talking about um, diversity, inclusion, and belonging inside the companies, and where people feel like they they belong there. Um, so that's my my word. Yes, that's a very good one. Thanks, Inês. So we have reached the end of the podcast. I don't know if you have any other notes for us today. It's uh, great being here, sharing uh, this with you. Um, I think there's like a lot to do uh, in this space. I know that people are also tired of, of talking about diversity and inclusion, uh, but the num- numbers still show that we have a long way to go. And mm-hmm. numbers also show that this is positive and important for everyone. So yeah, let's make sure that we are... we. So in 10 years, we are not having the same conversation. Um, and, and in the next 10 years, I think we can really make a huge difference um, in, in, the, in making sure that we have more diverse, diverse inclusion and belonging in, that, so in other areas of our society. Yes, that would be great that in 10 years, we are already <laughs> on another level. Um, so let's be part of the change to, to reach that goal. Thank you so much, Inish, for being here today and also for all the work that you do. Um, and so thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to reach out for me or Inish, I will leave all the contacts here on the podcast details and see you on the next episode. Bye, Inish. Bye-bye.